This is the Wellsprings Word. Welcome to the Wellsprings Word, everybody. Um, Walt here coming, Wyoming. Coming to you from Wyoming. Uh, Casper here at Wellsprings Vineyard Church. And we have a, just a beginning of an awesome three-part upload we're going to do today. An honest conversation about racism in America. And um, I can't tell you how important I think this is because the teachings of the Scripture are clear. By this, all men will know you're my disciples, by your love for one another. The Apostle John is so clear. You can't claim to love a God you can't see if you can't even love a brother that you can see. And so racism in all of its forms, the, the, the point of in your heart having lack of love or even hatred for somebody because of the color of their skin is just absolutely wrong and has no place really in the human race, in my opinion, but definitely not in anybody who names the name of Christ. But we've seen it become such a politically charged topic, and there's so much use of it just even to argue and to fight and to use the label to silence and stop conversations. And so we wanted to just have an honest conversation about racism with a very dear friend of mine. And so this is a three-part upload. Um, I want to really encourage you to listen to this first part, even if you aren't sure if this topic is of interest to you. I think you'll be very, uh, it'll be very thought-provoking to follow this through and see what our brother shares with us. So let's go to the beginning of it right now. Check it out. All right, so welcome to the podcast, Wallace. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's good, good, good to have you on here today. So today's podcast is called Is Racism Real? And that's what we're going to talk about. So because people are only hearing our voices, it seems appropriate to point out that I am, in fact, white. I'm like as white as any white man has ever been in the history of whiteness, right? Like that's just, you know, yeah. that's me. If So <laughs> you are not white. Nope. Nope. Okay, so, so let's just start right there. How do you describe yourself? I am an American who is black. An American who is black. Okay, so um, when people use... If somebody says to you, well, you're a black man, is that offensive to you? No. Okay. Um, what did you think of the popularity a few years ago of the, of the insertion of African-American? What, did you, what was your thought on that? I would tell people that I'm an American. I've yeah. never been to Africa. I'm an American who's black. Okay. I've known people who are immigrants from Nigeria, from Liberia. They could truly say they were African, but they came to America to be an American. Yeah. That's different. I mean, I've been able to trace my heritage back to the 1700s. Yeah. So, no, I'm not an African-American. I'm an American. Okay, sure. So, so it's interesting. The reason that I wanted to have the conversation, you know, racism 
is like the hot button topic of all the topics right mm-hmm. now. Like the, o- the only possible way you could have a more provocative conversation would be if it was either about, you know, a- abortion or the whole gender identity thing. But I mean, in the top three of the big hot button issues in the country right now are, is this, this issue with racism. Right. So there are people that if they see the title of this podcast is racism real, like they're already mad. Yes. Right. There's people, there's people listening to this already mad as if, as if we're trying to make light of the topic. That's not at all what we're doing. The reason I want to ask the question, is racism real, is because I want to ask you, in your day-to-day life, is racism the reality that you are confronted with on a daily basis as you live your life? Okay. Um, And you and I have talked about this before. I would like to go back to the... uh, what it was called... In the 60s and 70s. Okay. Bigotry. Because to me, we are all one race, the race of man. Yeah, I like it. So bigotry, you can be a bigot against anyone who's not you. Okay. Um, I've experienced bigotry from those who are not black. I've experienced it from Hispanics in certain cultures because you're not them. I've experienced it from those who are white, especially, you know, I grew up in the 60s and into the 70s. So, yeah, it was a thing. Mm-hmm. I've also experienced it from blacks. Okay. Um, when I was in high school, I was basically told I was trying to be white because I was working at having good grades. Wow. Okay. And that challenged those who were just trying to be not have good grades, just trying to live some lifestyle where they could do anything they wanted. Sure. No accountability. Now, you know, this is the seventies. It was happening then. And the comment they made to me, Oh, you're just trying to be white. Like, no, wow. I have to take these grades home to my mom, not to you. <laughs> right. Um, well, and I'll, and I'll tell you because, um, You've lived long enough. Like, we we won't tell everyone how old you are, but you're old. And you've lived a a good long time to see the culture, you know, to see the culture, whatever you want to call it, evolving, changing, morphing, whatever. So I don't have any doubt that over the the course, uh, so I'll try to put a a finer point on it. If you you ask the liberal press today, right? So racism is inherent in all of us that are white, right? Like I've, I've watched it. They, they sit and they say it like it's a fact. As a white man, I am racially biased. And the new thing is I don't even know, right? So like I'm a racism, I'm racist and I don't even know it, right? As I right. sit here talking to you, I'm biased against you and neither one of us know it. So that's that's fascinating all on its own. But then if you compound their arguments, if you listen to these liberal media outlets, right? So if whites are inherently racist, we're sitting in the middle of Wyoming, is the least diverse state in the whole country. 
right? So the majority of this whole state, predominantly like ridiculous percentage, 93 or 4% or something white, right? Then the next talking point of the liberal media is that Republicans, by nature, are against minorities and a whole bunch of their policies and stuff are actually racist, right? Well, this whole state votes Republican. Then their next talking point is the MAGA Republicans, right? The Trump people mm-hmm. are hardcore racists, right? If you, if you watch any of these liberal outlets, the MAGA Republicans are just the rebirthing of the Klan. You right. know what I mean? Like, yes. it's bad. So what I'm saying is, sitting in the middle of Wyoming, so it is the whitest state, it's a Republican state, that 78% voted for Trump, so it's the most MAGA state. So, like, your life should be just a living hell of racism (laughs) and prejudice every day. And what I'm saying then is, is that your reality? Is that how your life works? No. And, And see, the thing is, um, I guess it was in the 70s, maybe early 80s. I can't remember the player's name. He was with the NFL. He said, the Democrats don't like it when you escape the Democratic plantation. Mm. Because he had become a conservative. Okay. And he said, I'm thinking on my own. I don't need the plantation owner being the leadership of the Democratic Party to tell me how to think. And they don't like it when you leave the plantation. Mm. I mean, if you want to look at bigotry, um, I don't like it that Condoleezza Rice, as smart as she is, as accomplished as everything she did, she never got the press Mm. um, acknowledgement that she would have gotten if she had been Secretary of State under a Democratic president. But because she did it under a Republican, she didn't do it the way they say she should have done it. Sure. That, to me, is more bigoted, racist, you can't do it unless we help you do it mindset. I see. Okay. Uh, in Wyoming, when I first came out here, um, the most um, negative interactions I had with people were from Louisiana. Um, and then the guys who are actual local here, I found out we're going to have a chat with this individual. Understand these are all white guys. Yeah. They were going to have a chat with this individual to help him adjust his attitude (laughs) and not tell me that they did it. Yeah. They were just going to fix it because I was their friend. They were going to back you up. Yes. Yeah. And and it's not because I'm, because Wallace is a black man. It's. He's a man, and he's our friend. Yeah. And we don't play that in Wyoming. In Wyoming, you are who you are. If you're an idiot, you will be treated as such. <laughs> it doesn't matter your color. Yeah. Now, if you want to make that a thing, that's you making that a thing. Mm, it's yeah. not inherent that it's already a thing. Now, bigotry, again, to me is you're not me. You're not of my kind. And that cuts across all cultural boundaries. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's why you have gangs going nuts in inner cities, bloods, crips, whatever. You're not me. Yeah. You're not mine. 
Well, and, and don't you think it's fascinating that it, the prevailing argument that they're having, right? So if you're white, you're inwardly, you're a bigot and yeah. you just don't know. And then if I raise my hand and I go, okay, and why is that again? Well, because you're white. Well, isn't that the definition of racism? Isn't that the whole point? Like you're judging me based on this color of my skin. Yes. And so that's what I've always noted. I think that for as passionate as they are about eliminating something that's terrible, I think that they've kind of lost their credibility, though, because they go so far trying to make their point that they end up saying stuff that's just not... True. You know, it's just... (laughs) It's it's kind of wild to hear them say it, you know, well, some of it. Well, and consider if 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 I tell you, you're not able to succeed unless I help you. Mm. I'm assuming you're inferior to me and not able to do anything unless I do it for you. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And and to me, that in itself is bigoted, um, stupid. You're assuming that this person can't do anything. You know, now if you think about um, Black History Month, uh, I mean, when I was growing up, you heard about the doctors and the inventors and and, uh, the scientists. You know, now you just hear about entertainers and sports people. Yeah. And I sit back and go, so what about all these people who created and built things and they didn't do it with your help yeah they did it because they were a man or woman with the ability and the capabilities and the gifts god gave them and they used them sure in spite of what may have been against them they did it anyway Mm -hmm. and to me that um to use a term they want to use racism racism to me is saying you can't do it unless i help you yeah you're incapable. I'm the white guy. I have to help you do it because I'm a white liberal and I'm here to help. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what the government says. I don't need either one of them. <laughs> and, and I'm not trying to poke the, the bear, so to speak. No, I, no but, but what, I'm, what I'm appreciating is the candor because what I'm concerned about, the reason I even wanted to do this with you and have this conversation is because the culture is now going to a place where everyone's afraid to actually talk yes. about it. Because, you know, I mean, if, if you read any, you know, like even honestly, you know, with, we, we have a small online presence, you know, doing a ministry and doing whatever, YouTube, podcasts, these different things. And they'll just straight up tell you that the last thing you can afford to ever be labeled is that you're racist, yeah. right? Like now it's like this... And people are so afraid that they won't appear racially sensitive or conscious <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're terrified that somebody would hear something or take a take a quote out of context mm-hmm. and come up with that Walt in Wyoming is a racist. They're so afraid of that yes. that they won't even have the conversation. And that's where I feel like our country is losing its way. Well, consider when you have a person who says, oh, Hispanics can be white supremacists. 
um, really, how, <laughs> how, how do you get your brain to that place where because you have an agenda, you have a mindset, you have an idea, and anyone who doesn't fit that is racist? Yeah. No, we're all of one race, the race of man. We can disagree on our outlook on life, our philosophy, whatever, but we are one race, the race of man. Now, if you want to be bigoted and stick to your idea, even when facts hit you upside the head, no, I'm black. I can't be a white supremacist because, oh, yeah, I'm black. (laughs) Right. Um, Anyone can be a supremacist for their own sect, their own little, their own little group. You know, that's why you have all the the stress. But see, now you realize, though, even with just what you just said, that from from like the the left side of the nation, right? You just broke all the rules because, according to them, right, the nebulous they say the yes. the, the faceless mob that tries to control everything, it's not even possible for anybody who's black to be racist or bigoted it's not even possible for you to do that it's always been done to you well consider um my wife was white some of the worst treatment i saw her get was from black women who thought she had stolen me away somehow oh my or that i was a traitor to my race because i had married her now understand i mean we we're talking real yeah some of the first friction we got was in the church sure where god you know he said all united all in one one god one lord one salvation one all nations all tongues all people one but when we announced our engagement oh boy you know this is in virginia that this happened yeah so all of a sudden there were people who were challenged Did they really believe that? On both sides, black Mm. and white. And all of a sudden, they had to sit back and go, you know, I'm a Christian. Jesus says we're all the same, so I better get over this real fast. Yeah. Because I need to answer to God. I can make all the excuses I want, but what he says counts. I mean, um, the job I had here that brought me to Wyoming when I announced my resignation, I ran my crew like my crew. They're mine. I took care of them. If stuff rolled downhill from above, I kept it from hitting them because it's my job as the boss to protect them. Let them do their job. They don't need to deal with the junk. Um, it was an, a compliment to me. One of the guys had tears in his eyes when I dropped my resignation, mm. when I announced my exit. Now, I'm the only black guy on the job site. Mm-hmm. And these guys respected me and were, they were sad I was leaving. Their comment was, can we go with you? <laughs> so where's the bigotry in that? Where's the racism in that? This, I had to roll up on this guy. On, he had been rear-ended, car accident, young kid. I get there. He turns to the officer and, and with pride in his vo- voice says, here's my boss. Mm. With pride in his bo- voice. Yeah. My boss is here. He'll take care of this. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Yeah. So, no, it's about being who you are. And you can be a jerk in whatever flavor you are. It doesn't right. matter. Well, and that's what's so fascinating to watch 
the narrative try to be, okay, from my perspective. Now, now we understand, right? As soon as I yeah. say this, you know, on The View tomorrow, if they were listening to this, I'm just horribly broken, white racist, and I just don't know it. But what I keep seeing is they just are perpetually trying to insert it into every situation, right? Yes. Anytime they see the window, they're like trying to make it the point of the story when there's no story. So, so you just said something very interesting. So you could be a jerk. You could be a bigot no matter what color the skin yes. that's wrapped around your body because jerkiness and bigotry that's flowing out of your brain and your brain doesn't have a color, right? Right. And that's what I've always observed in people. But you can watch people try to superimpose, right? So I don't know if you recently saw the... the it was amazing to me that it was even a news story, but they had the whole, the big brawl, they called it, broke out on the boat dock. I think it was like down in Alabama or something. And the guy working the dock is trying to get these drunk guys to move their pontoon boat so that this tourist boat can dock where it's supposed to be. And then, you know, they're all drunk. They've been partying all day. He's trying to get them to move their boat. It turns physical. Well, the guy working the dock is a black guy. The drunk guys are white. They start having this quote-unquote brawl. Now, first of all, our country is getting so soft that we had worse brawls than that during recess on the <laughs> playground, right, when I was a kid. Like, I was amazed that it was even a news story. Secondly, these white guys are so drunk that they are just swinging. They hit each other. They hit their own women. Like, if you watch the video, like, it's just hands flying. Like, I don't even think anybody got hurt. But when it was over, because the white guys were fighting with a black guy, it wasn't because he was doing his job and they were drunk and didn't follow the rules. Immediately, local reporters, police are investigating whether the attack was racially motivated. When the whole world knows it was alcohol motivated, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, was, it was drunk guys fighting with a guy trying to do his job. Yeah. But they try. As soon as they see any kind of disparity, there's a part of our country. So, so, so first of all, let, let's do it this way. Two-part question. Do you agree with my assessment that you see a part of the country trying to make things about race that aren't? Do you agree with that? Yes. Second part of the question, why do you think they do it? Well, and I'm going to paraphrase it. Booker T. Washington, from way, 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 way back, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, you'll always have those who don't want the patient to get better because they make their money as long as he's sick. Wow, that's provocative. And, okay, and he Could, was, do me a favor and, and say that again. There will always be those who don't want the patient to get better because they make their money while he is sick. Mm. He was referring to black leadership when he was alive who were trying to keep, quote, racism stirred up and being a thing even though there was healing going on even then. Mm. 
because as long as they could be in a position of leadership, I'm going to lead my black brothers and sisters and be there, you know, and be there and all this. But if things are getting better, they don't have a job. Wow. Okay. And that's what he was referring to. He saw it even way back then. Okay. And and so now that's why you have, um, you want to talk racism, uh, calling Clarence Thomas a, a house servant or an Uncle Tom. I'm sorry, he's on the Supreme Court. You aren't. <laughs> you may not even have a job, but you're going to diss him and say, oh, he just got there. How? Um, I don't think you get on the Supreme Court unless you have the skills and the qualifications. Yeah. You know, um, at one time, um, you had military officers who were disbarred called sellouts. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you don't become a general unless you've got what it takes to do the job. Now, someone's not going to give it to you. And again, to me, that's the worst racism. You can't do it unless I help you do it. You can't do it unless you do it in my system. And that's the liberal mindset. We have to help you. No, you don't. I was raised to be a man, to take care of my family and take care of others. That's what you do as a man. I don't care what color you are. If you're my friend, I will help you out. If you're an idiot, I'm going to tell you you're being an idiot and fix it. (laughs) If you don't want to fix it, we won't be friends anymore. That's how that works. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's not a color thing. And that's what they're trying to make it. And that's why you, that this whole thing of um, black conservatives are somehow sellouts and Uncle Tom's and they're not doing it right. Um, Why? Because we're actually thinking on our own. Yeah. Well, and it's so fascinating to me because, tell me if you, now, if this, if this is an observation based on the fact that I have an internal racial bias and I just don't know it, right? I'm, I'm, I'm scared of this, man. I got Joy Behar saying that because I'm white, I'm actually a racist and I don't know. That's terrifying because she says she's pretty smart. You know what I'm saying? And so, so I'm really like, oh my gosh, like really trying to figure this out. And so tell, tell me what you think. I, I, I think that when they insert it into things, like say the dumb thing with the boat dock, mm-hmm. all right, when these guys turned on this dock worker, to me that's horrendous, no matter what color he is. Yes. I, I don't understand why I have to see the assault and battery differently based on the pigment of the people involved in the fight. Right. To well, me, if six white guys try to beat up a black guy on the boat dock, that's horrible. If six black guys tried to beat up a white guy on the boat dock, that's horrible. If seven black guys get in a fight, that's bad. If seven white dudes get in a fight, that's bad. If seven Chinese guys are trying to beat up one black guy on the boat dock, if... You see what I'm saying? Like, this is equal. Like, we are all of equal value. And I think that they cheapen, actually, when they try to insert it, they cheapen the fact that regardless of that dock worker's skin tone, 
he is a grown man, an adult, who was trying to do his job, yes. and a bunch of drunk fools tried to beat him up for it. And that should be the story, if you're going to make one, is, you know, six drunks fight with a guy doing his job. That should be... And, and as soon, I feel like... Now, you tell me what you think, but I feel like as soon as an activist with an axe to grind grabs the story and goes... Well, we need to investigate whether or not they only did that because because he's black and they're white. I feel like the whole story then gets lost. Yes. Um, well, well, consider, and I've thought about this. Um, 99.9% of the law enforcement officers are doing their job, doing it well. You get that 0.1%. I don't care what color they are. They're a bad cop. Yeah. You know, and then, well, cops shooting blacks. Um, and I sit back and go, look at Chicago. You had 50 people shot in one weekend. That's black on black. Where are the activists then? If you're so concerned about black lives mattering, why aren't you in Chicago picketing? Why aren't you in Chicago helping them get their poop in a group so they quit <laughs> whacking one another and nine-year-old people girls and boys are killed in their house because a stray bullet comes to the wall but no you're going to go pick it somewhere else because it's convenient it's a sound bite and it does nothing Mm. but if you go to chicago oh now you got to deal with reality okay you know we're we all all humans have the ability to treat other humans well or not, regardless of their color. And it's not an inherent racism, and it's not an inherent bigotry. All right. Well, that was sure uh, probably eye-opening to a lot of people just to hear his perspective on everything. And so we are just really, and what a fun conversation. And I just want to really encourage you as you, are, are listening to this, um, there's so much just practical in the coming weeks, I mean, um, in the coming weeks, <laughs> the coming episodes, we're going to dig a little deeper into uh, Wallace's backstory, his upbringing, his background. We're going to continue to ask some of the hard questions. We're going to talk about um, some of the big headlines that have come and gone and uh, I just really want to encourage you. I think his perspective is, is just fascinating. But the most important thing about it to me is you're not dealing with the nebulous, they say, this is just an actual conversation with a, a man about his life experience in this country. And I think there needs to be more actual conversations rather than people just announcing what they think must be happening because they've assumed it. So I hope you're getting something out of it. Stay tuned for uh, week two and week three. I think it's going to be great. Take care. Keep showing Jesus to everybody, guys. Take care.